speaking of film of Ulysses, and I, I've seen several people say it's unfilmable, and I will just say right out, I don't agree with that, and I don't think Joyce agreed with that because I think he wanted it to be adapted. Mm. And I would even go so far as to say he would have been mostly pleased with this one. Mm-hmm. It's just my feeling. I have no proof for this because he'd been dead for several decades by the time it got made. But, um, yeah, without a budget, um, I think it can be hard to show just the 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 sort of background radiation of weirdness that Ulysses has. And if I had a critique of the Cersei scenes, it's that they were too too real. Like, the places looked too real. And there was a jumping back and forth. But the one thing they did really well in that scene was where Stephen is seeing his mother's ghost. Who are you? What bogeyman's trick is this? Oh, the mockery of it. She kicked the bucket. All must go through it, Stephen. You too. Time will come. They say I killed your mother. He offended your memory. Cancer did it. Not I. Destiny. You sang that song to me. Love's bitter mystery. Tell me the word, mother, if you know now. The word known to all men. Who had pity on you when you were sad among the strangers? Prayer is all-powerful. Repent, Stephen. Cool. Hyena. I pray for you in my other world. Get Dilly to make you that boiled rice every night after your brain work. And they must have put like some Vaseline on the screen. And they, you know, I don't know if they maybe even overlaid images or quite what they did. But Stephen was always in hard focus. And her face is just looks like someone took their thumb and smeared it away. Mm. And rather than trying to use makeup or, you know, some kind of trick of the light, just like... That made her seem very not there, but also kind of there, but very ghostly, and I and I think sufficiently creepy. I really, I really like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is, yeah, it's in black and white, um, and I think that to make a really beautiful black and white film, it's all in the lighting because mm-hmm. you don't have color to fall back on. Yeah. And uh, a lot of you know, it, it didn't really move me, lighting wise. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it was okay it wasn't bad but it was okay you could yeah. see everything but it wasn't I wouldn't say mm. it was very artistically lit mm-hmm. um, I always tell know. people and you can go on YouTube and see this uh, it's a gold standard for lighting is the Outer Limits TV show mm. and because uh, they had no money for that either and uh, three of the guys who did lighting on that went on to win Oscars for lighting mm-hmm. and uh, it's just astonishing you can see how they take like is a cardboard set color or black and white black and white Mm-hmm. And uh, they would do like hide, like you know, the old trick of sheets over the mm-hmm. the lights to cut the the space up into beams, mm-hmm. and a very dramatic lighting as well. Where and staging is tremendous. Um, but what can be done with very limited mm-hmm. tight resources when people really know what they're doing? Um, mm-hmm. And the precursor to Star Trek. But anyway, I'm going to get lost. Yeah, in no, but, I but, would but say. I, in... I always tell people like, look, just go on YouTube and find like almost any random episode, mm-hmm. and see what like really incredible things can be done with just lights. I would say that, or the there's a lesser known Coen Brothers movie called The Man Without a Face. Mm-hmm. I think is the title of it. It's it's a title like that. See, I don't remember the title, but I remember the lighting in it because it's incredible. And I had a professor and a student. I studied photography long ago, mm-hmm. and we. It, black and white studio lighting our teacher made us watch and analyze this movie right. and it's it's like okay as a movie but as just like a, a you know a visual work of art it's really really mm. really good yeah, yeah. um the, the there's a the the i think the third mamma orson wells you know the 
The Third Man's when, another really good example. In, in the shadows, yeah, thinking of things like that. The yeah. filmmakers have forgotten how to do, and with mm-hmm. CGI cameras, they don't yeah. even try anymore. It's sad. But um, the the other thing that kind of was a surprise mm-hmm. was they left out the man in the Macintosh. They did, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and given how much Joyce himself was obsessed with letting people know that was a thing, mm-hmm. and I thought, surely I'll just at least put put an extra yeah. in there, like in the background, and and focus on them for a second. Don't even mention if you don't want to mention it, fine, but just have a lanky mm-hmm. galoot. There's no lanky galoot. But he's something that could have been lurking in the background as another ghost to kind of yeah. bring, yeah. you know, just to let the audience know, like this is this is going somewhere different. Yeah. Because there's like one surreal sequence, which is the Cersei sequence, and it's strange, but it's very, I, f- I found it's too isolated. Mm. There's um, no lead into it. It's, yeah. it's quite abrupt from yeah. realism to phantasmagoria. And then it's like, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. so you need like a Vim Vendors or I know we talked about David Lynch. David Lynch. <laughs> my main criticism with it is the the actors all did excellent mm-hmm. i've read a bunch of reviews of it and pretty much everybody's very happy with the act there's one mm-hmm. guy in the guardian who said that he, he didn't like some of the performances yeah i know i was like whatever but mo- you know people generally talk about especially milo shea as bloom and barbara jefford as molly bloom is also very good her mm-hmm. monologue takes up like i think a quarter of the runtime of the movie yeah yeah, yeah. It's um, and the movie's about two hours, just yeah. over two hours. Long. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's like a half of a Marvel movie. <laughs> um, oh, I forget what I was talking about. <sighs> um, yeah, I guess you know, if if you want to see a film adaptation of Ulysses, like this is probably the best, most interesting one you'll find. Mm. I've seen bits and pieces of two thousand three's Bloom. And I haven't seen the whole thing, so I don't want to comment on it. But I think this this one has a certain style to it that that one doesn't. Mm. Um, so I mean, this this is this is the one. And um, do you think Joyce would have liked it? Oh, at least some of it. Mm-hmm. Like I think aspects. The fact that it was done at all mm-hmm. would have amazed him. Yeah, I think it's crazy that Milo O'Shea I think goes from playing Leopold Bloom in this to being in Barbarella a couple of oh, years. Really? <laughs> what is this thing? Soon my dear. Sonata for executioner and various young women. Hmm. Oh. oh, it's sort of nice, isn't it? Yes, it is nice in the beginning. Pretty sure he was in Barbara. Good. <laughs> 
He, yeah, just his performance. He was a stage actor prior to this, I guess. Yeah. Like, and yeah. he, um, yeah, he he just he seemed like, and I mean, you know, he's acting, so you don't really know what he's like. But I think um, you just get the the feeling he'd be, he'd be he'd be up for you know really like pushing the limits as an actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know I read somewhere, and it's probably an Elman's biography of Joyce that Joyce really wanted film adaptations of his works and i thought ulysses was one he wanted to see adapted mm. so i'm kind of coming off the cuff here so if i get this wrong put it in the comments mm. um but uh i believe he he talked to sergey eisenstein about doing a, a film adaptation either of ulysses or of some of his earlier short stories so um yeah yeah what do you think i i don't know anything about eisenstein's films uh, just a, you seem like you would uh, a little bit i mean battleship potemkin mm-hmm. you know um no i think he invented like a lot he was one of the pioneers i think mm-hmm. he invented like a lot of the techniques we take for granted now mm-hmm. i was watching some of the battleship potemkin massacre sequence a while back it's tremendous like it, it definitely feels like melodramatic mm-hmm. by modern standards it's like okay we get the idea the massacre is like yeah i'm gonna ram it home these tsarists romanovs are awful people mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just the whole palace step sequence is tremendous. Mm-hmm. It really is tremendous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's a it's a decent it's a decent adaptation. It won't. I don't think it'll knock your socks off per mm. se, but it's 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 good. Mm. I think uh, there was a a Guardian review in two thousand nine of a re release that they gave three out of five stars and i felt that was too low yeah i wouldn't go the full five i have to be honest but three felt low three and a half at least yeah yeah it it, it was a sort of a, a withering review I roger think. ebert said it was his second favorite movie of the yeah. year when it came out it was yeah his number two of 1967 which i didn't realize that ebert that was his first year at the sun times was oh, okay. 67 and you met him once more than once yeah. well okay so this is behind the paywall so we can have some celebrity dish here. So um, when I was around the age of 20, I worked at a coffee shop in downtown Chicago that was right around the corner from the Gene Siskel Film Center, which is a great place to go see a movie if you're ever in Chicago. Anyway, it was when Robert e- Robert Roger Ebert was still alive and healthy, and he would come into our coffee shop, and he liked a small latte and a carrot cake muffin. Mm. And... Um, the guy I worked for was super delighted that Roger Ebert came in. He would, <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I should do the impression of him on a video cause I don't want it to live forever, but he, uh, he had a very, um, adorable way of greeting R- Roger Ebert. Really nice guy. I remember wanting to ask him what he thought about certain films that had come out mm. and just felt like he's on break right yeah, now, yeah, he doesn't want but to. also like I just should have. That, yeah. that would be my advice to 20-year-old me is like... Just ask. If you were just like, what did you think of the life aquatic? He probably would have been like, I wrote about it in the Sun-Times. Thumbs down. He'd yeah. be like, read my review. That was the one I wanted to ask him about. <laughs> and he, I, you know, maybe would have been like, well, the Sun-Times is, is out in the newspaper box, kid. Go get a copy. But yeah, um, I, I never did. But he was really nice. And he tipped, he always tipped me. And uh, he is... A, a great Illinoisan, so mm. um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he liked it, so there. Yeah, he liked it. Um, he liked some weird stuff too. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> some yeah. of his picks are weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
he had a long career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're entitled to a few odd ones.